0: Pam Paget, who's in our little church group, was raised Catholic. She said every time she went to the Catholic Church, she thought it was spooky. But she never dreamed anything was wrong at the Catholic Church, but she always thought it was spooky. Her parents put her in a Catholic elementary school, And then later moved to Oklahoma, where they put her in, a, I think, a public school. But she was in a Catholic school for several years. At one point in her life, one of her friends was killed, one of her classmates was killed on a motorcycle. And God had shown her the night before that he was going to be killed, or he was killed. And he was killed that night. And her mother came in to tell Pam that her classmate had been killed. And she said to her mother, I know, I know he's been killed. Pam continued in the Catholic Church. But at one point, she called on God and said, I know I can't be saved by that which I was taught in the Catholic Church, or that which I'm being taught in the Catholic Church. Only you can save me. Please do so. But I don't know who to get this prayer to. I know there's the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Would you please see that this prayer gets to the right one? (laughs) I love that story. It's so childlike. so pure. So pure. Well, whoever received it in heaven sent it to the right one because Pam was born again. She knew then that something of God was in her, but she didn't know what, and she didn't understand it. She continued to go to the Catholic Church. She was in college and still going to the Catholic Church when a friend of hers who was Methodist would say to Pam, when Pam spoke of a doctrine, this friend would say to Pam, and where is that in the Bible? Pam would go away and try to find it, and it wasn't in the Bible. She was shocked because surely it had to be in the Bible. They taught it in the Catholic Church, and she was taught the Catholics were the only church. This happened a few times, and finally, Pam wrote out a list of questions on doctrine. There was a Catholic nun in the college, and Pam went to this nun and said, I have a list of (laughs) questions about doctrine. And she handed the list to the nun. The nun looked at it and turned totally white. (laughs) With With that, Pam had her answer. They were teaching things that weren't in the Bible at the Catholic Church. Pam came out of the Catholic Church with that information. She went to a non-denominational church. <laughs> this is awful. This story is really bad. So she went to a nomina- non-denominational church. And somebody was um, the, uh, somebody was getting married, but she was a divorced woman. And Pam went to her and told her that if she married, it would be adultery. And the woman said, I know that's in the Bible, but I don't care what the Bible teaches. I know what I think. And Pam was horrified that someone didn't care in church what the Bible taught. So Pam also knew the man that was planning to marry this woman. She went to that man and told him it would be adultery if he married a divorced woman. And he said, well, he would think about it, but he didn't cancel the wedding. Pam knew the maid of honor who was going to be in this wedding, and she went to the maid of honor and told the maid of honor about this adultery that would be performed by both of them if they married. The maid of honor said, well, I know it's wrong, but they'll do it whether i'm there or not so i'm going to be the maid of honor anyway when pam told me that story i heard the scripture be not partakers of other men's sins that scripture is in 1st timothy 5 verse 22 neither be partaker of other men's sins Keep thyself pure. So Pam continued at this non denominational church. She was going to the singles class and then staying for the regular service. But at some point, I think she quit going to the singles class and would just go to the regular service. One day she went to the area where the singles sat during the regular service and no one showed up. She looked around and saw them all sitting a few rows behind her. So she thought, oh, they've just changed the place they're sitting. So the next week she went to that place and sat to sit with the singles. But that day, they all sat at the regular place, which was in front of where Pam was sitting. The third day, she went to the regular service, and she went to the singles area where they were sitting and sat down, and every one of them, without a word, got up and moved away from Pam and sat in another area. Pam cried out to God, Why? What have I done wrong? At another service, a woman came to her, and she didn't know this woman very well, but this woman knew Pam. She came to her and said, I have a message to you from God. He knows how they are treating you at this church. And he wants you to know it is because of the adultery message that you delivered and you did the right thing. You did what I wanted you to do. I'm paraphrasing that message, but that's the essence of what the woman delivered to Pam. Pam continued to go to that church. She didn't try to sit by the singles, but she continued to go to that church. One day, she saw a notice on a bulletin board that there was going to be a ministry trip which the singles were going on to some other town in Oklahoma. So she signed up for that trip to go. She got to the school bus that day and got on it and she noticed several people uh, from the singles class sitting together. But one person whom she didn't know was sitting by herself, and she was weeping, tears running down her face. Pam thought maybe she would go sit by this woman be- before she could get there. Somebody else had sat there. When they reached the town in Oklahoma where they were going to minister, by the way, this was the summer. <laughs> it's hot in Oklahoma in the summer. They were on yellow-type school buses with no air conditioning. Imagine. Incredible. Anyway, they got to the town where they were going to minister, and Pam said, what are we supposed to do? And nobody knew. This was a ministry trip, and nobody knew what they were supposed to do when they got there. They assigned housing for them. It turned out that Pam was assigned a housing with this woman who was crying. Her name was Linda, Linda Moore. There was a third woman assigned to their group, but this woman did not want anything to do with Pam or Linda. She wanted to be assigned to another group where her friends were. These were terribly hostile people in this church. Pam said that they were much worse than the people at her work, much more hostile. Turned out that their ministry that they were going on was to sing a few songs, and they went to that church and sang a few songs and left. Linda Moore turned out to be in our church group, and she and Pam became friends, and Pam learned of me through Linda. this is an incredible story to be in a church like that with all this evil going on inside the church group. One day Pam went to the 11 o'clock service and God spoke to her as she was sitting in the service and said, what are you doing here? I've told you to get out. Now get out. That is how God got her out of the non-denominational church. It's just incredible. Pam asked God, when did you tell me to get out? And the Spirit of God said to her, through Joan Boney, through the messages she delivered on coming out of the organized church, coming out of the corrupt churches, I should say, the organized churches who are perverting doctrine. So Pam left that church group. But she just couldn't imagine that anything could be wrong at her church, the Catholic Church. Of course, probably you're thinking, is there anything right at the Catholic Church? And in fact, later, when the divorce scriptures came up and we saw that the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, Matthew five thirty two, we saw that the divorced woman will commit adultery if she remarries. Pam said, this can't be right because it was taught in the Catholic Church. <laughs> so she went from thinking nothing is wrong with the Catholic Church to thinking How can anything right be there because in the scriptures, because it, how can anything be right because it was being taught at the Catholic Church? So she went from one extreme to the other. The truth of the matter is there is some truth. I believe there's some truth in each Christian church group. I believe there's some uh, truth in it. But the problem is there are a lot of things that are not truth. There are a lot of things where the scriptures have been denied, where they have left portions of scriptures and set up their own doctrines. You can't be with a church that does that. I learned that very early on as a brand-new Christian. I was. My best friend told me after I was born again, you must go to church, and I said, oh, okay. So I just went to the church that she and her husband went to, The minister was from Dallas Theological Seminary, a professor professor from that seminary. He was teaching a series of seminar lessons on the subject of tongues. I don't think I'd ever heard of a tongue before I went to that. He taught that tongues are of the devil. I didn't care if tongues were of the devil. It didn't matter to me. I didn't even know what a tongue was. But I was reading the New Testament Bible and I saw a passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 39, which says, forbid not to speak with tongues. Well, they were not only forbidding it, they were teaching it was of the devil. So I was faced with a Controversy, a conflict. Do I stay in this church where they are teaching something opposite to the Bible or do I leave this church and cling to the Bible? I decided immediately to leave that church. One day I was riding along the road with my friend and I said, "Um, Donna, did you know in the Bible Paul said, forbid not to speak with tongues and she said no and she pulled off the side of the road i had a little bible in my purse and she said let me see that and i handed it to her it's a king james bible version and she read it and she said it does say that because we were being taught tongues was of the devil so we went to her house and she had a whole bunch of translations of the bible She looked it up in every translation. In every translation, it said to forbid not to speak with tongues. And here the church we were attending was forbidding the speaking in tongues and teaching that the tongues were of the devil. I said, well, Donna, I'm not going back to that church. And she said, well, I'm not going back either. Of course, that caused probably some conflict. Because her husband went to that church. But she didn't go back. You see, you can't continue in a church where they're teaching the opposite to Scripture. Matthew 5.32 says, The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So if you're going to a church where they permit men to marry divorced women without warning them. This is a terrible thing. If you are going to a church that explains away Matthew 5.32, what are you going to do in the day of judgment? When you are at the judgment seat of Christ and you've been attending that church, are you going to say, oh, the Methodist church teaches that we can do this. They say it's all right. God is not going to go by the Methodist Church doctrine or the Baptist Church doctrine or the Church of Christ doctrine or the Catholic doctrine. You are going to be judged by the New Testament Bible just like I will be judged by the New Testament Bible. And it's our responsibility to know what the Bible says and to keep ourselves out of places where they teach the opposite for the opposite to bible is antichrist before jesus returns to take the church out antichrist has to be reigning in the church says paul second corinthians chapter 2 verse 3 that's in second thessalonians 2 verse 3 Paul says, let no man deceive you by any means. For that day of the Lord shall not come except there come a falling away first. What God showed me back in 1982, this falling away, these are not people leaving the church group. The falling away are church groups falling away from Scripture. The church groups had to leave the scripture. That's called the apostasy in the NASB. King James Version, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. Now by that falling away from scripture, it opens the door for Antichrist to come into that church. Paul says, falling away first and that man of sin be revealed. The son of perdition who opposeth, he opposes all that is of God and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. It was going to come through the churches, and it had to come before Jesus could return. When Jesus returns, the people who follow him, follow the scriptures, abstain from these churches where they teach a opposite to scripture. The people who follow the scriptures are going to be taken out before the Great Tribulation. I don't believe these people who... Corrupt the scriptures will be taken out. I believe they will be left here to go through the great tribulation. But there are a great many people who do not have a love of the truth. They don't love the truth in secular things or spiritual things. They just make up in their own minds what they want to believe and go with that. This is a terrible thing. I had a friend who did this. It was on a secular matter. I told her something and she just made up her own facts that had nothing to do with the real facts. She didn't care about the truth. If you don't care about the truth, a terrible fate awaits you. Verse 10 of 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2 And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Oh, it is such a pleasure to go to church. It's such a pleasure to be one of the group, to be in on all the social activities. But if you love that and you set aside scripture, a terrible fate awaits you. You have to love the scripture more than you love the church group. Just like I left that one church group because of tongues. I had never heard a tongue. I didn't care about tongues. But I saw tongues were listed in the Bible. I saw what Paul said. And there's no way I could stay at a church that was teaching against tongues when I saw in the Bible, forbid not to speak with tongues. So I had to leave that church group. Do you love the scriptures enough to leave a church group when they're teaching against the scriptures? You better. I didn't know I was putting myself in a wonderful position with God by leaving that church group, but I was. And I was a baby Christian. I hadn't been a Christian more than a few months. I didn't know anything. But I did have a love of the Word of God. Now, I will have to say, that love of the Word of God might have had something to do with something that happened to me shortly after I was born again. For in the night, I was transported into heaven. I was with God, I was with Christ, I was with the Holy Spirit. I had no physical images of them, but in the Spirit, I knew they were there. At that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God, God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. A few nights after this, the same thing happened again to me, exact same thing. I was on fire for the word of God after that. All I wanted to do was go to church and read the Bible. And I owned a business at that time, and three women worked for me, so really I just stayed home all day long and read the Bible. I went to a little prayer group. I went to church. Never missed a church gathering. So I did have a little advantage over everybody maybe in the fact that I had that spiritual happening of being taken into heaven and merged into the body of Jesus made one with the word of God so the word of God's important to me however Pam Paget didn't have that happen to her and she loves the word of God as much as I do so I don't think you'll be excused I think what will happen is God will say at the day of judgment, well, Pam loved the word of God. She loved it more than her church group. Why didn't you? So I doubt that you're going to be justified, and I know you're not going to be justified by saying, "Uh, but the Baptists taught this, or the Presbyterians taught this, or the Church of Christ taught this. God's going to say, we go by the Holy Bible, which is what each of us who belong to God should go by. Yes, there is one church and it's the church that is born of the Holy Spirit, the individuals who are born of the Holy Spirit, set in the church by God and continue with God to the very end By following the scriptures. They're not going to explain away any scripture. They love the scriptures. That's the church, the one church. It's not all these people out there in buildings. Ephesians chapter 4, start at verse 4 there is one body and one spirit even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's one Holy Spirit, one Spirit. We're not going to have all these different directions when we go by that one Spirit. We're going to be one church. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. So if you're sitting there thinking you are in the right church, and the only church, and the right church, and feeling sorry for everybody that isn't there, you are in a terrible situation. Of course, I doubt you're listening to me if you are If you feel that way. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 about carnal Christians. Look what Paul said. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet are ye now able, for ye are carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, Are ye not carnal, and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos. Are ye not carnal? In other words, one says, I'm Catholic. Another says, I'm Baptist. One says, I'm Methodist. One says, I'm Church of Christ. Are ye not carnal? What we should say is, I'm a Christian. Verse 5. Paul says, And who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have a planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he that planteth is anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. People and the churches make their own ministers into idols whom they worship. You practice idolatry when you are worshiping the pastor. Then they call themselves reverend to get you to really make them into idols. There is no place in the Bible where a man is called reverend. If you are a minister of God, you are called apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. That's Ephesians chapter 4. There's no place a man is called reverend. If a man calls himself reverend or allows himself to be called reverend, I would not attend that church group. For he sets himself up as an idol. And the people worship him as an idol. It's idolatry in the churches. Neither is any human called Pope, Cardinal, Archbishop, and certainly not Father. In Matthew 23, Jesus says, Call no man Father, your Father. And here the Catholics call their priest father and they call their priest priest when there's no such thing as priest in the New Testament Bible. That is an Old Testament term. It's terrible what goes on in churches, just terrible. And I know the people sit in their respective church groups and don't think anything at all is wrong because I did that myself. In church groups until God opened my eyes and got me out it's idolatry all of these things that have been set up in church groups by humans that are not in the Bible are idols there are many many idols in the church groups today There's no such thing as crossing yourself. There's no such thing as holy water where you dip in it and cross yourself on your forehead before you go in the sanctuary. That does not exist in the Bible. That was all made up by men. To do that is idolatry, to practice idolatry. To do anything that is set up by man and not in the Bible is to practice idolatry. There is no example in the Bible of lighting candles In religious ceremonies. That is idolatry. There's no such thing as wearing crosses or medallions. There's actually no such thing as Christmas in the Bible. Easter is in the Bible one time, but it's wrongly translated and should mean Passover because after the Passover, Herod was going to kill Peter. That's in Acts chapter 12. Unger's Bible Dictionary says... That should be Passover instead of Easter. Easter as we know it today was set up by men in the 8th century, according to Unger. Easter means pagan goddess of spring. And they took it and made it into a religious symbol and set up insane doctrines mixed in with a little real doctrine. There's no such thing as Lent in the Bible. Lent is where you sacrifice something. Jesus was the sacrifice. You don't give up something you're doing today for Lent. That's ridiculous. If it's wrong to do it, you don't do it. If it's right to do it, you do it. And you don't give it up for two weeks or a week in a year. Here's another really important scripture. This is in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith and give heed to seducing spirits and... Doctrines of Devils, Speaking Lies in Hypocrisy, Having Their Conscience Seared with a Hot Iron, Forbidding to Marry, and Commanding to Abstain from Meats, Which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Forbidding to Marry, the Catholics set up a haven for homosexuals and child abusers in their priests, by forbidding them to marry. Paul was not married by choice. Peter was married and had a mother-in-law and had a wife and children. For we read in the scriptures that Jesus came to Peter's house and his mother-in-law was sick and Jesus healed her. We know Peter was an elder. He tells us he was an elder. He is an elder. In the Bible, an elder was the husband of one wife. He was married. Elder had to be married. He couldn't be single. An elder had to be married, the husband of one wife, and have faithful children, multiple children. That is in Titus chapter 1. They just throw all these rules out. I went to a church once, Word of Faith, in Farmers Branch, Texas. I went to that church, and our Bible teacher was a divorced man. He was an elder at that church. And I went there. I eventually left. God brought me out. But they paid no attention to Bible rules either. And this says in First Timothy 4, in the last days, these seducing spirits and doctrines of devils will command the people to abstain from meat. What does the Catholic Church do? Don't they still command their people to abstain from meat on Fridays? These are doctrines of devils. And another extremely peculiar thing to me about this abstaining from meats and the commandment to abstain from meats is they eat fish instead of meat, but in the Bible, fish was called a meat by Jesus in John 21. Fish was called a meat. Nothing makes any sense to me that they're doing when they set up these doctrines. But I see all kinds of things being done in Protestant churches too, such as at Word of Faith, the elder was a divorced man who didn't have multiple children, had no wife and didn't even have faithful children. says you have to have faithful children because if you don't know how to take care of your children, how can you take care of the Church of God? That's not in Titus, but that's in one of the scriptures. I'll try to remember to look that up and print that for us in our blog. All these scriptures I'm speaking today are printed for you in our blog. Jesus Ministries Exhortation is the name of the blog. Go to the right-hand side of the page. You will see the word podcast. You can tap on that, and it will bring up this message of today. The message of today is titled, I Can't Believe Anything is Wrong at My Church. Again, go to Jesus Ministries Exhortations, and you can see all these writings, uh, all these scriptures in writing. I will try to remember to look up that um, scripture where it says, the man must have those faithful children for how can he take care of the church if he can't take care of his own household. John chapter 14 verse 6 Jesus said I am the way I the word am the way and the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father But by by me, some people will say, well, it's okay to be a Muslim or a Buddhist. You don't get to God without going through Jesus. You cannot get to God through your own church group either if you're going to skip Jesus, the scriptures, the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. How do you think you can omit scriptures and please God? It's impossible. 2 Corinthians 3, the Apostle Paul says in verse 5-6, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who hath also made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. It has to be by the Holy Spirit. When you speak the things I'm speaking. Some people took the letter and set up the Lord's Supper as eating crackers and grape juice. When it talks about eat this bread and drink this cup, it's talking about the Word of God. The Lord's Supper is not eating crackers and grape juice and has nothing to do with crackers and grape juice. That is a ritual set up by fleshly men. The Lord's Supper is the way we eat and drink the Word of God given to us by the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Second Corinthians 2.17, Paul says, For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, Speak we in Christ. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. With this, I will conclude today's message. Remember that you can go to our blog and see all of these scriptures written out for you. Jesus Ministries Exhortation. This is Joan Boney speaking. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.